Word of God. And uh, I'm praying that God will really help you to listen closely, closely. Uh, because I believe that the message can change your life. Many times we come to church and we're not expecting any change in our lives. It's as if God's not there. You're hearing words of God constantly, but it seems like nothing is changing in your own personal life. There is no excitement. There is nothing changing. That's not Christianity. I've got to be changing. I don't like to stay static. I'm never satisfied because God's so big. There is no way I can get to know him right here in this world for the, little, the short time that I have on earth. But I'm going to, by the grace of God, do everything I can to make sure that I know him the best I can on this side of heaven before I see him face to face. It's so important. Serving God is so important. You can never lose serving God. It's impossible. My life today, I believe, is a testimony to that. You can never be disappointed in life. I've come to the place where I really believe I will never suffer shame or disgrace. I've given all of that to the, to the Lord. And the scripture that I stand on is this. It's so special. It says, whatever you commit to God, whatever you commit to God, He's able to keep for you until that day. Whatever that day is for you. For me, that day is when I see him face to face. Either when he comes back or I go there. I'm not going to suffer disgrace or shame. You know, whatever brings shame to people, whatever brings disgrace to people, I'm not going to have that because I have committed it to him. I don't have confidence in myself. Many times when I go to God in prayer, I'm crying because I know me. But after I've spoken to him, my confidence is in him. And because he is God, I have nothing to worry. I can face the world now. I don't have to hang my head down. I don't have to apologize. I know the God that I serve. If God is not, then it's over for me. But as long as God knows, and the truth is God is, He's going to take care of us. And that's not just me. Every one of you. Every one of you. All he's wanting us to do is to accept it. That's what I've been preaching on Sunday. God's already approved of us. His work now is to get us to approve of ourselves. The way he approves of us. If we can get to that level where we can say like Jesus, not Jesus, Jesus is God. But Jesus made it clear. I and my father are one. And he will not apologize for us. I'm not going to say I and the father are one. But Jesus has become part of my life. I in you. He said I in the father. The father in me. And I in you. That's what he said. I'm not going to fight that. That's the truth. Jesus cannot lie. And I must carry myself. The way he speaks of me. So I have, my job is to learn to approve of myself the way he's approved of me. Money is nothing. I'll get it when I need it. Amen. It's always there. So tonight I want to uh, begin a message, a series, uh, 
I titled it Born Into Wisdom for Greatness. Born Into Wisdom for Greatness. Lord, I just ask that your spirit would speak to us tonight and help us to understand the greatness of your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to focus first on greatness, but I want to start with wisdom because that's what we're talking about. Born into wisdom for greatness. Now, in James chapter 1, verse 5, God says, if anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. In other words, you will not make it if you don't have wisdom. If any one of you lacks wisdom, it's a little loud back here for me. I don't know if it's loud back there. It's okay. Yeah. If any of you, that's Christians, if you think you lack wisdom, you better ask from God because you won't make it. Where he's calling you, where he's taking you to, and where he's calling you to, if you lack wisdom, you are not getting there. So he says, if any of you, it's conditional, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to what? All. He gives to everyone. You're not born with it. This is not natural wisdom. Come, you know, have you seen people? There is uh, uh, what I call um, book wisdom. Book wisdom, head knowledge, book wisdom. Yeah, there are people who have that. Book sense is... Common sense, book sense. Most people have seen they have a lot of book sense. They have a lot of talk about book, but they don't have common sense. Have you seen people like that? They got PhDs and they, they, they don't have common sense. And you're wondering, how come this guy has a PhD? He's doctor. This is doctor. Because you can tell they don't have common sense. And just, we're just dealing with the natural life, right? But common sense is not common. If it was common, this guy who has a PhD, DDD, he should have it. And you're wondering, man, I wonder why he's so smart. But boy, he should. <laughs> Something is not right. And that's just natural wisdom. And then there is what is spiritual wisdom. That you are not born with. It has to come from God. And God says to ask if you think you lack it. Because every Christian ought to have it. That's what he's saying. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. Who gives to all liberally and will not upbraid anyone. He won't reproach anyone. So, wisdom is very important. So, should we then aspire to be great? Because we're talking about greatness. I just talked about wisdom because you need wisdom. Because you are not going where God wants you to go unless you got spiritual wisdom. 
So now, should we then aspire to be great? Should we pursue in life? Should we pursue greatness? In some cases, I want to be great. And all you hear, I want to be great. Cool it down, kid. Don't let it get into your head now. And then Christians will quote his people like that. Remember, brother, pride goes before a fall. Oh, yeah. Hand it down, this greatness you're talking about. So does God want us to be great? What happens to us if we don't become great in God? Now, let me ask you this. If God's saying to you, you are the light of the world, that's such a small thing. If God considers you the light of the world, now we're not talking about the light of Houston. We're talking about the light of the world. So what's God talking about here? What does it mean to be the light of the world? If you go out and you tell your friends, hey, I am the light of the world, they'll look at you, what did you say? You're what? You think too much of yourself, right? Is that not what they'll tell you if they don't really understand what you're talking about? But that's what God said and he meant it. You are the light of the world. God wants you to be great. You can't be the light of the world if you are ordinary. It's just not going to happen. God means what he says. Now let me tell, tell you this. The reason why we don't aspire to do anything, we don't believe that. So we settle. We just settle. We're not thinking. We don't extend, expand the borders of our tents. We don't do that. We're just satisfied to be us. Me, my family, and that's it. Where, that little place where I live, that's all we're concerned about. We're not interested in being the light of the world. We just talk about it. No wonder we think this little light of mine. God doesn't give anybody a little light. But that's the way we think. And as a man thinks in his heart, so he, we don't aspire to influence life. That's what it means. What does it mean to be great in life? It's for your life to make an impact upon another life. For eternity. To change your lives for something better. And having the potential, retaining the potential for the future. Even after you're gone, your life still changing life. That's greatness. Your life is still making life better for others. And you can't do that if you're ordinary. You just cannot do it. So we got to renew our minds. We have to believe what God is telling us, to, to, uh, telling, uh, telling us about ourselves. We really have to believe that. You cannot just call yourself a Christian. You got to believe you are a little Christ on the earth. When he shows up, everybody's aware of it. We're settling because we don't believe God's called us to greatness. 
Greatness goes with the call of God. Everyone God calls became great. Everyone God called in the past became great. And everyone God calls today, if they follow through with God's call, will become great. In other words, their lives will begin to make impact on people's lives. And even after they're gone, they're still changing lives. They're still changing. That's greatness. Their lives still touching people's lives. Making life better for others. That's what Jesus is. He was great. He's still changing lives today. He's transforming drug addicts. Even though he died, he rose, and he's gone over 2,000 years, he's still changing people's lives. Paul is still changing lives. Fishermen that Jesus called, J. Matthew, a tax collector, he's still changing lives. He was great, and he is great. People still call their children the name Matthew, Peter. These were fishermen, ordinary men. And Jesus said, come, follow me, and I'll make you. And that's what he's doing today. He is still making us, and when he makes you, you become great. Peter was just a fisherman. Peter is a great man today. We even have popes. <laughs> His name. He was the first pope, I'm told. To dignify that position. He was a fisherman. Everyone God called became great. Abraham was great. Jacob was great. Pharaoh said, please, when Joseph, uh, Jacob went to be with Joseph, Pharaoh said, please, I need prayer. Pray for me. Isaac was great. A whole nation of people envied Isaac. A whole nation of people was, were afraid of Isaac when he lived among them. When God calls a man, he becomes great. The, what limits God is our thinking because we don't aspire to be great. And if we try that, there are so many voices around us telling us, you can't go there, just stay down here with us. It's like a lion that grew up with donkeys thinks, I'm a donkey as well. They want everybody down here. An ego running around like a chicken in a pen, thinking he's a chicken. That's what's wrong with us. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We got to change the way we think. I talk to a lot of people, but I talk to myself a lot, just by myself. I don't want to get, I don't want anybody's opinion. This is the opinion I want. I want this opinion right here. I don't want to ask people's opinions because their opinions sometimes will drive you crazy. I'm used to it. It's been for a while. They fight you hard. And they want you to come down to the way everybody's thinking. And God's saying no. <laughs> I want you up. Soar like eagle. That's what he's saying. But people want to defer from that. And they think they're doing well. No. I wonder what God thinks about things like that. I wonder what he thinks. He's pleased when you believe him. He is. 
Two things amazed Jesus when he was on earth. Two things shocked God. Man, I'm shocked. That's what happened with Jesus. When he went into Nazareth, their unbelief shocked him. He says he was amazed at their unbelief. And when that that, uh, centurion said to Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word. He says Jesus was amazed. One two times. One unbelief both on different ends. One believing, so believing, and the other one not believing at all. The other group. One is better than the other. Trusting God is better. You know, I'm amazed. When you look at the scripture, even attaching yourself with somebody who's following after God and that man is great, guess what happens to you? You become great as well. That's what happens to the the, the people that follow David. Because David was pursuing God and they pursued God just behind David and they became great men. Generous and all of that, these were debtors. People who were confused about life. Everyone God calls, God wants to be great. When we respond to his call, I believe we will become great. There's something in me when I'm praying, I'm telling God, I'm not going to turn loose. I'm not where you, I, I don't believe I'm where you want me to go yet. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking of everything. God, you got to get me. I got nothing to prove to anybody. I don't need anybody to, to do this for me. I'm satisfied with that part of life. But I want to reach people for God. Amen? I want to reach people for God. I want to influence life. And I'm going to do whatever I take to influence life. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm not going to listen to a person, somebody's opinion or how they feel about what I'm doing. That's your business. It's between me and him. And as far as I'm concerned, I am not going to be ordinary. I'm not willing to be that way. I don't feel less. And I don't feel more. I just want to do more. And I pray that the Ark Fellowship is like that. We are not going to be ordinary. We have to trust life. We have to be great. We have to change people's lives. We have to come together and work together to change people's lives. If one of us is doing it, that's great. By the time you got five of us really going out, watch out for what God's going to be doing with us. God's called the Ark Fellowship to greatness. That's what I'm trying to let you know. We have to change people's lives for the better. That's been the light of the world. Reaching out to people and changing them together, all of us together. We are determined we are going to do that. And God's going to work with us because he's a co-laborer with us. He is with us. How can you work with God and be ordinary? How can God be your co-worker and you are ordinary? How can you... Jesus calls you his co-worker and then your ordinary can do much, can change lives. That's not real. That's the mind. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Let's believe God 
and let God walk with us. And let's be just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If it doesn't happen, I'm tired in that fiery furnace. I don't care. I may not believe God. That's what God's waiting for. That's what God's waiting for. People were willing to just turn everything off. Now listen to what God did with Abraham. When he called him, he called him to greatness. Listen to the words that God's using. Because Abraham's call is similar to our call. That's why he's called the father of faith. His call was before the law. Amen? His call was before the law. There was no law there. The world was in sin. And Abraham's call was before the law. So our call to God is just like Abraham's call. Just the whole world in sin. And God called Abraham to himself. It was a call of faith. It was a call of faith. Some of us will think that Abraham saw God. God never appeared. He just heard the voices. I say, he's hearing voices in his head. Something is wrong. Pray for him, brother. But he knew what voice he was hearing. And many of us have been called by God and we know the voice that called us. We've answered that voice. And the voice is a, vo a voice from God calling us to greatness. Just like he did Abraham. Abraham's response to God's call was his birth to a relationship with God. His response to God's call was his birth into a relationship with God that later became a friendship with God. Our call to the Lord Jesus Christ, our response to, our, the, to the call to our Lord Jesus Christ, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, is what gives us birth into a relationship with God, just like he did with Abraham, the same way. And if we respond rightly with the, to that call, when God calls, and he's calling everybody. He said, whosoever will, let him come. It's everyone, anyone who is willing, please come. No matter how bad you've been, you can come. The same thing. We are not told how good Abraham was. Abraham was in a house where they were worshiping idols. And I can bet Abraham was part of that. But God says, come, come, come out from there. The same kind of call. So our response to the call of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is what gives us birth into a relationship with God, just like he did with Abraham. But Abra we have to look into the nature of the call of Abraham to understand our own call, because everything that was written was written for our example to know exactly how God works with people, according to the scriptures, upon whom the ends of the world have come. God wants us to know. This is the way God deals with people. And you know the Bible says, God, I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When, God, when you can find a pattern in God's behavior, the way he does things, and you line up with that pattern, God doesn't care who is on the other side. If you are on the other side and you have aligned yourself properly, if he did that to with one man and the man became great and you replace yourself or replace that man with yourself, guess what's going to happen to you? The same thing will happen to you. Because God is not a respecter of persons. What's hindering us is our mindset. 
And so that's why the Bible is telling us to, to renew our minds. It's the same call. Now listen to how God called Abraham. He says, now the Lord, notice the Lord all capitalized. Right? And the same call we have. When we hear the gospel and God is telling you, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so now, the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from, um, uh, from your family and from your father's house. In other words, your kinfolks, all of your kinfolks, all of them, get out of them. Get out from them. To a land which I will show you. Now, what did God say? I will make you a great nation. Now, he's using the word great, right? I will make you a great nation. In other words, I'm going to take you, and I'm not just going to make a nation out of you, just to prove something, but no, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and what? Make your name great. Who, don't have, who doesn't want to have a great name here? Please raise your hand. Who, no, brother, please. You don't want to do that. <laughs> who doesn't want to have a great name here? But, but great name, what does that mean? But that's what God said. God said, I will bless you. That's one part. I will bless you. But apart from that, I will make your name great. In other words, you will be influential. Your life will transform so many people. And God concluded, in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. You remember that? I know that part of the scripture, I didn't give it to you, but it's there. Take it. In you, all the nations of the, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I will make your name great. So, it's the same call because Abraham was the father of faith. And so, when God calls us, he's calling us into greatness just like he did with Abraham. And in your life, people's lives will receive blessings from God. God said, I will make you a blessing. In other words, when you show up, guess what showed up? Blessing. Every time you show up, the blessing is shown up. Not good luck, good blessing, okay. <laughs> but blessing. But that's the truth. That's the way he wanted it. Amen? That's the way he wants it for everyone he calls. Not just Abraham, but for everyone he calls. Remember what the Bible says? That the blessings of Abraham, right, might come upon us Gentiles for everyone he calls. So I'm not going to settle. Because when you settle, you start doing crazy stuff. You start doing ordinary stuff. You start doing fleshly stuff. You don't carry yourself as a prince. You find yourself in places where you shouldn't. Princes don't go there. You understand? That's what this is all about. God called us as light for the world. And until we believe that, we have not aligned with him. Because two shall not walk together except they be in agreement. We are not in agreement with him. He says he wants us to be great. We're saying it's okay to be in uh, Cypress, Texas. It's okay. Don't worry about it. God, I'm okay. I don't want to be okay. Not that way. I got more to do. 
I got more lives to influence. And I'm more worried about what somebody else is thinking. Because that's what, what hinders us the most. We're thinking about what people are thinking, what people say, how they look at me, whether they're angry. Like I said on Sunday, I'm used to it now. Today they like you and they praise you. Tomorrow you are the worst thing that appears to them in their life. I'm used to it. It's just, it's just part of life. It's just part of life. The ones who are with me now, I work with them. And if they get mad, the season is over. That's the way I see it. Don't get mad. No bitterness. It's over. I accept it. Just don't, that's the way it's going to be. Because I can't focus on those things. Those things are too little. Compared to where I want my God to take me, I'm not going to settle down and start fighting with those little stuff. I, just, I don't have that time. I, it, we, we shouldn't have that time. For those little things, the little gossip and pain and all of those things, that's not good for us. That's not ego's food. We should put those things away. We need to eat the word of God and learn to grow than to be out there eating with chickens, whereas we should be eating with ego. Okay. We have something for God that God, every one of us, you know, I pray that God will open your eyes to see what God's doing. God's giving us a place. He's put you here. Start dreaming. Start dreaming. I was at the worship center. I never thought I was going to be a pastor. But I look beyond being a pastor. And I look to you. Because I see greatness in you. And I got to see it. You got to come out from the way you're thinking. Because God's taking us somewhere. And no matter where you've been, what matters is where we're going. And we're going somewhere. Because God has called us to greatness. And I want to accept that. Notice what it says. Come out from among your kinfolk. From among your people, your friends, your family. You need to get out of there. That's our call as well. Sometimes, even in the church, you, sometimes you have to separate yourself. Sometimes you got to be alone. Especially when the language is on the other side. And nobody wants to accept what God's speaking. Stay on your own. Some, sometimes the, this work can be lonely. Just you and God alone. No one understands. But don't, don't let that bother you. Make sure you, what you see in the book is what you're thinking and what you're believing. If you do that, one day God shows up. Here comes greatness. Here comes greatness. You know, when I was in college, I had uh, my probably my first year in the United States. And uh, I came in because uh, um, back in my country, not now where you can see the world, you know, as the news is happening in, uh, in the United States, when I call them, they're telling me what's happening here. And I haven't heard it because I haven't turned on the television. They wake up early. And I'm saying, uh, uh, yeah, what's going on? He said, well, we are finding out this is happening over there. And I'm thinking, I, I haven't seen anything like that. And they tell me. But in those days, there was nothing like that. And so what we knew, the West, especially the United States, that's the best part of the world. Once you get to the United States, it's second heaven. 
And when you get there, you, you, you lose your religion because of all the beautiful stuff. And that's happened to a few people. So when I got here, I, was, I kept looking out for what was making people to turn away from God. Uh, for a while, I couldn't find anything for the words. But, so I, I developed uh, this tactic. Anything that moved, I was going to witness to it. Witness, witnessing in those days was not to win souls. It was survival. I figured if I witness to it, nobody's going to make me go to that wrong path. You know what I mean? So I witnessed for my survival, you know. I witnessed, so, and then the guys began to spread the message. Uh, this fellow, ah, uh, please. I remember one time after I witnessed to a guy, uh, and uh, his friend came in and said, oh, God. It's going to be a great party tonight. That was another friend that we just met. And of course, it was my first or second day. And he was saying, boy, this weekend is great party. And all the drinking, a lot of girls. And the guy who had witnessed to me, shh, 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 don't talk to him that way. <laughs> Leave him alone. He don't do that. And when he got through, I told him I used to do those stuff in the past. And I gave him the number of years. The last time I touched beer, and I gave him the year, he's like, huh? He never invited me a second time. It was defensive witnessing. <laughs> defensive witnessing. But it did touch people's lives. It touched people's lives. It changed people's lives. And they talked about it. This is what this is all about. We can touch lives. We can change lives. We can make people great. One of the people that got converted in that school, my, he became my roommate. He died on his knees in my room, praying. Nobody seen anything that in that little town. They put it. It was in the newspapers. He died praying, and I heard the school, the, the students. That was my convert. One of my converts. I heard one of the students say, "What better way to go? On your knees praying to God." And I figured I had a little part to do with that, even though at that time I wasn't thinking that way. All I was thinking two would be in the room. One is taken, and the other one is left. Today I think differently, but at that time I was new to Christian. It was different for me. But the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. Or you cannot know greatness. That's what God did with Abraham. Come out from among them and be separate. And have no desire to go right back to them. That's going back to Egypt. See, God's patterns are the same. He pulled the, uh, Abraham from his family. And then he pulled them also from Egypt. And he's also pulling us right now from Egypt. To come to God. To a land that he's going to show to us. But we've got to come out from among them. 
That's what he wanted. He says, if you do that, and if you do that with all your heart, I will make your name great. And I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. But we've got to come out from among them. We have to separate ourselves from them. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7 and 18, it says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate. Says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Receive you into what? Into friendship with God. Great people don't make friends with ordinary people. If you walk around telling people you are Obama's friend, hey, don't respect you. Even though you may not be anything, I mean, you know. But how did you get to be his friend is what they want to know. Because great people don't make friendship with ordinary people. Right? I don't know Bill Gates. Now he's great with money. That's a separate thing. But he has this group of friends. <laughs> and most of his friends are either millionaires or billionaires. <laughs> That's it. Great people make friends. I mean, if God's going to be your friend, who does that make you? You got to be great. Right? God's called it. That's the relationship that is transformed into friendship. Jesus said, I don't call you servant anymore. I call you my friend. Is that the truth? How can you be a friend of someone so awesome, someone so great, and be ordinary? That's impossible. The reason for that is my mindset, and I want that change. Come out from among them and be separate. And I will receive you. Touch, do not touch the unclean things. And I will receive you. Receive you into what is into friendship. And you will be called sons and daughters of God. That's what brings you into a relationship just like it did with Abraham. The call is for greatness. Not being ordinary. Paul said, why do you walk like mere men? Well, they're men, right? But for a Christian, no. You are not just a man. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And until we line up with the word of God and agree with the word of God, we will not see this transformation in our life. We'll constantly be reading by with fear and all of that kind of uncertainties, worried about tomorrow, so uncertain. You have not entered into his rest. There remaineth a rest for the people of God. And we must enter into his rest. Until you approve of yourself, the way he approves of you, you have not entered into his rest. So you are, you are tossed to and fro like the winds, worried constantly, second guessing and guessing, confused. No child of God can be confused. I, I don't see Jesus saying, I just feel confused now. Jesus, no way. Oh, I feel depressed. Jesus, uh-uh. 
but it comes out of our mouth like it's no big deal. And I'm not scolding anybody, please, because I'm in the same bush with all of you. <laughs> I got to get out of it. That's where I'm trying to get out of. Amen. We are all in the same boat. And I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to myself. It's a two-edged sword. But if we go together, if, if two of us, according to um, Matthew 18, 18, if two shall agree concerning anything on the earth, on the earth, uh, I'm going to close with this. Uh, mama, you know, mama, when she was here, um, a daughter, you know, they, they told her um, she was in intensive care, and um, they told mama, that's it, no response at all. And mama was in uh, Hawaii, and she called, and I said, okay, mama, we're going to pray, and we're going to stay in agreement. And we're not going to come out of agreement. I can't go to Georgia. I'd like to go. And uh, I know our daughter, but we're going to pray. And we're going to stay in agreement. Both of us prayed. And we stayed in agreement. And Mama told me, good luck. I'm not coming out of agreement. We're going to agree. And she's going to leave. She's leaving. Right now, they are winning her off the ventilator. Everything was shut. And in fact, the husband told me, they told me, the doctor told me, yeah, I think it was yesterday or day before yesterday afternoon, the doctor told him, uh, I think he got less than 24 hours. But we're not coming out of agreement. Because the Bible says, if two shall agree concerning anything, that they shall ask. Yeah. We make it too, too spiritual. I don't feel spiritual. I just accept what the word says. And I, when I struggle with unbelief, I ask him to help me. God, please help me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shaky right here. Please steady me a little bit. Because he leads us in the paths of righteousness. For what? For his namesake. He wants to do that. So I can talk to him when I'm feeling shaky because of what I'm feeling. Amen? But God's bringing her up. And I told uh, the husband, I believe everything is going to be okay. Because what God starts, he is able to, to finish and to complete it. Stand up with me tonight. We're going to continue with this next, next week, and we're going to be going into wisdom. Because wisdom is what paves the path to the greatness we're talking about. And because that's why James says, if any of you lack wisdom, that's James chapter 1. Very early, he said, you must ask in faith. You, faith, you must never waver. Amen. Because wisdom is so important. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the number one thing. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord because God said to do that. Many times when you tell people to lift their hands up, they're thinking, why should I do that? Well, it doesn't matter how you feel. God said to do that. He says, don't even doubt in your heart. Let's lift up holy hands. That's the will of God for everyone. Let's lift up holy hands to the Lord right now and begin to thank Him for divine wisdom in your life. And as you thank Him for divine wisdom in your life, begin to thank Him and begin to dream of great things that God's going to use you for. And don't look at your resources. 
Please don't look at your wisdom. You don't, we don't have. That's earthly wisdom. We're looking for divine wisdom. So that's what we need from our God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for greatness in Jesus Christ. We cannot be great on our own, but in you, we have greatness. No doubt, oh God, we have greatness. And we have the wisdom of God. For Jesus, you are the wisdom of God to us. You are indeed, truly, the wisdom of God to us. And we will succeed in life. All these negative things around us will drop, drop from our lives as we line up with you and become one with your word. As your word takes over our lives. Because the words that you speak, they are spirit and they are life. Be with your people today. Uphold your people today in your greatness. And reveal yourself in your true greatness to us. Transform us in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.